Today is February 16th, and this is the 41st episode of the MMA Mike podcast. Last Saturday, February 13th, UFC 258 took place with the main event of Usman versus Burns. I did take Kamara Usman, so my main event challenge, I now move up to two wins and three incorrect picks. Um, I was on a little bit of a slip after picking Max Holloway in the first event of the year, but now trying to get back on track and continuing a hot streak. Anyway, let's uh, hop into this main event. You know, it was it was super exciting, and you couldn't have got a better welterweight title bout to ask for between this fight, you know. Um, Kamaru Usman obviously being such a dominant champion in his past couple fights, and uh, Gilbert Burns came out hot and swinging and uh, even caught Kamaro, and Kamaro got a little bit rocked, found his composure, and then, uh, you know, I- I'd say he even lost that first round, even though he did he did get back um, his wits and-, and started landing some strikes. I think Gilbert probably got the better of him in the first round, but Kamaro made great adjustments. He got composed, and in that second round, he really started landing his jab, started doing his switching of stances, and uh, was landing from all over and really dominated in that first round. And then, you know, in in the third round, he just put Gilbert away. And uh, the power was too much for Gilbert, and you saw it. And it was interesting because after the fight, Kamar Usman said, you know, this this is how sparring went, which is very interesting um, that it's how the fight went. But also, it, it kind of makes sense. Uh, it was also intriguing that Camaro didn't go to the ground with Burns when Burns wanted it to go there after, you know, Burns was on the ground. But at the same time, it makes sense. You know, Usman felt more confident upstairs, and Burns does have some submissions, so why even go down there? Um, but overall, I mean, it was a great great main event and when you take a look at this welterweight division you know they moved Kobe Covington up to the number one uh contender and Gilbert Burns moved down to number two you have Leon Edwards down at number three Jorge Masvidal at four and Stephen Thompson at five you know so you ask the question well what do you think about these matchups and you could I mean, honestly, I think Kobe deserves the rematch. I've been saying that for a little bit of time now. But if you were to have had him fight someone, I would always say it was Masvidal. And, and there was talks about that until Kamaru basically said, I'll fight Jorge Masvidal again because, uh, you know, Masvidal was making a bunch of excuses after we fought last time. Masvidal was saying he only had six days notice, blah, blah, blah. You know, Usman felt like he was shorted of, of a training camp as well and feels like he'd finish Masvidal this time around if they had a rematch. So it now seems like that's the fight that's going to happen. It's also a big fight money-wise and pay-per-view-wise. It, it's probably best for the UFC. So then the question is, if they do make that fight, who does Covington fight? And a lot of people, and Dana White actually even said Leon Edwards because Leon Edwards was supposed to fight Hamza Chemaev and Chemaev you know, continues to have lingering effects from COVID. So Leon Edwards is basically like, I, I need someone else to fight. So they're saying Kobe Covington. Now that's a possibility. I really think, you know, any of these five guys in the top five could be matched up with anyone and anyone could be matched up with the champion, essentially, you know, um, 
it's just how this division is looking. You know, a lot of these guys are very evenly matched, and you got Usman Singh sitting on the top of the hill. He has been the most dominant. Um, the most competitive fight has been Kobe Covington with Usman, so I'd like to see that rematch to see if Covington can bring him something a little bit different. And the only guy in the top five who has not faced Usman is Stephen Thompson, so that would be also intriguing as well. Um, but I, I would like to see Thompson beat one more person and then face Usman. And um, obviously you had Burns, who just lost, and Edwards, who hasn't fought him in a very long time. So, you know, we shall see. If I were to pick how this were to break down, I'd probably say Usman versus Masvidal. Just get it over with. For the UFC, it'll make a lot of money. And, uh, you know, Masvidal's been bitching and moaning about, you know, not having enough time, not a big enough camp, whatever. So even though I think he was training the whole time, um, get that over with, get him out of the equation. And then, you know, I say maybe make Stephen Thompson versus Gilbert Burns or Stephen Thompson versus Leon Edwards. I mean, that's really what I would like to see. Um, And you could make Kobe Covington versus Gilbert Burns or Kobe Covington versus Leon Edwards. I mean, you could even make Kobe Covington versus Stephen Thompson. So any of those four, however you want to match them up, I think it works nicely. And I think it'll be competitive fights and maybe even throw you both, both of them on the uh, same card of a, of a fight or whatnot. So, you know, that would be entertaining. And um, I think he, obviously the welterweight division is one of the most stacked divisions competitively and uh, should be intriguing to see what fights get signed in the next couple months uh, or even weeks. So in the co-main event, we had a great fight between Alexa Grasso and Macy Barber. Alexa Grasso's boxing, straight up boxing, is just so, so sharp. Uh, obviously winning the first two rounds against Macy Barber uh, and then Macy Barber realizing that third round, I got to go out there and get a finish to win this. So she actually did quite well. She made it a little bit of more of a brawl, which maybe she should have done a little bit earlier. You know, she did have a little bit of time off, uh, a little bit of a layoff, I think a little bit over a year since she had her last fight. And uh, maybe she had a little bit of ring rust in the in the first round or so. And But, you know, Alexa Grasso obviously showed her crisp boxing and avoided the heavy dangerous shots in the beginning from Macy Barber and was piecing her up with those those crisp boxing strikes so um you know I think I think Alexa Grasso really did deserve that win although I saw some good things from Macy Barber I think both women in this flyweight division have high things going for them and you know they're going to continue to climb up those ranks um obviously uh Alexa Grasso did take uh, the spot of Macy Barber, uh, moving up to 10 and Macy Barber moved down five. I don't think that was quite, um, I don't think she should have did that. I think she should have just moved down one spot to 11, but they moved her down five. Not really sure why they did that to her. Uh, cause she did show some good things in that end. And maybe if she started fighting in the third round, like she did, maybe if she started fighting earlier, rather like she did in the third round, uh, she could have got that win, but Nevertheless, a uh, great performance by Alexa Grasso, and I'm excited to see who she should fight next. Uh, in the middleweight div- division, Kelvin Gastelum picked up a much-needed win against Ian Heinish. Uh, really 
you know, he was in a little bit of trouble in the beginning, but really showed his experience and he just won all over the place. You know, he was winning in the wrestling. He gained six minutes and 50 seconds of control. He was winning in the striking, even though it wasn't a striking fight too, too much. Um, but he also was facing a big guy in Heinish. Heinish looked tremendously bigger than him. And he obviously handled himself well and looked like he had some good cardio behind him. Uh, I, I think it's time to throw him against a big guy again. You know, he says he's ready. Uh, if the fight between Robert Whitaker and Paulo Costa falls out, he could step in for one of them. Um, but, you know, I'd like to see him fight a, a relatively big name, maybe like a, a Derek Brunson. Um, we shall see, though. I know he's not going to fight Marvin Vittori because they're teammates. Um, maybe even like a Kevin Holland. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, but that fight definitely was much needed for him, and especially that win. In the featherweight division, you had Ricky Simone dominating Brian Kelleher. Uh, Kelleher obviously showing he's super, super tough and is a threat uh, everywhere. But Ricky Simone just was a bulldog here and ab absolutely just won everywhere in the striking and in the ground. Uh, you know, he dominated eight minutes uh, of control time and uh, just knew what to do in every moment of the fight and looked super, super good. Um, you know, I, I think if he can continue, you know, he's relatively young. He's 18 and three. I think if he could continue to get a band of wins together, he might be able to make a shot uh, to face some high contenders and see what he does from there. So for the first fight of the night, you had a, a very entertaining fight uh, between Maki Patolo and Julian Marquez. Uh, Patolo was winning the first two rounds and winning probably the third. I mean, although Marquez did come out swinging and landed some big shots and got Patolo in trouble. But if Patolo did not get subbed uh, by Anaconda Choke by Marquez, he was going to win that fight. Um, but what a dog in Marquez to continue fighting, coming out in that third round, throwing punches like an absolute animal and getting the Anaconda choke, uh, submission win, you know, Patolo, I think surprised Marquez and his camp coming out, uh, and, and wrestling so much, especially being a little bit of the smaller guy. Um, but overall, very exciting fight and, uh, what a dog win in Marquez, couple prelims I want to talk about before I get on to this next UFC fight night. Uh, awesome fight between Rodolfo Vieira and Anthony Hernandez. Vieira obviously gassed himself out um, in the first round, got in trouble, and then ended up getting himself submitted uh, by Anthony Hernandez. If you haven't seen that fight, go watch it. The commentating table was going crazy, and it was probably one of my favorite John Anik moments after Anthony Hernandez won. Um you also had Bilal Muhammad dominating Diego Lima. Uh, Bilal looked great. You know, I really want to see Bilal face a big name. Um, he he just, he looked good. He's ranked number 13. He called out number 12. But if I'm being honest with you, I, I think he deserves a, a big name. Uh, maybe like a Joff Neal or even a Neil Magny. Um he deserves something big, and, and I'm excited to see what's next for him. Just everything. Striking looked better. Uh, his cardio, great. His ground game, obviously dominant. Um, Pollyanna Vienna uh, submitted Mallory Martin in the first round. That was very exciting. And for the first two fights of the night, you know, you had great unanimous decision wins by Chris Gutierrez versus Andre Ewell. Um, 
Good win by Gutierrez and Gabe Green beat Phil Rowe in an also good fight. Uh, so overall, it was a very good card, even though there wasn't some huge, huge names. But, it, you know, it was just very entertaining. Um, so, you know, I, I was excited for that. And uh, it definitely went through more than I could ask for as far as being entertaining. But this Saturday, we have UFC Fight Night Blades versus Lewis. I am very excited for this just because, you know, it's a fight that should have happened for a little bit of time now. And it's finally happening. So February 20th at the Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. This Saturday, it'll be taking place. Curtis Blades will be taking on Derek Lewis in a five-round main event in the heavyweight division. And obviously, you know, Derek Lewis has hands of steel and he could put he, he could make anyone go to sleep at any minute. Um, but can, the question is, is can Curtis Blades do what Curtis Blades has been doing and just take guys down and dominate them and potentially get a finish? Um, now, Curtis Blades did run into trouble with a guy like Francis Ninganu, but Ninganu is just very kind of an athletic guy. Uh, and I think Blades is more of an athletic guy than Derek Lewis here. So it, it's going to be tough um, for Derek Lewis if he gets taken down and he can't get Curtis Blades out of there with his striking. I think there's definitely the shot that Lewis puts him out. Uh, but I think Curtis Blades has a little bit of a chin. He has some decent striking as, of his own. Uh, but I'm going to go with Curtis Blades here. Um, you know, I'm hoping to, to continue a nice streak of picking main events. Uh, I'm going to do it the whole entire year and see how I end up. But uh, I'm going to go with Blades here. I think he's just more athletic, and I think he's smart enough to work the striking but also just get the fight to the ground and ride it out. And Derek Lewis is a big guy, and it's going to be hard getting off of his back, especially with a dominant wrestler like Curtis Blades. And Blades can attack you with vicious elbows and ground and pound. So I'm not sure. I, I mean, I, I see Blades winning by ground and pound, just getting Lewis into a little bit of trouble. Not knocking him out, but just TKOing and stopping him by ground and pound. But maybe Lewis can can drag it out, but that's another thing. I think Blades has better cardio than Lewis, so we shall see. We also, uh, in the Comey event, you know, this is interesting that the past two events have had women fighting uh, Comey events. Nothing bad with that. It's just trying to, I guess, give them a little bit more of uh, attention. We're going to have Catlin Vieira face Yana Kuchlenia. Um I'm going to go with Vieira here. I think she's just a little bit better, all, uh, you know, all around um, on the ground and striking. And uh, I think she's, you know... I think she's just going to be a little more dominant, so I'm going to go with Vieira. And uh, in the featherweight division, we're going to get Charles Rosa versus Derek Minner. Um, and Minner is a little bit of an underdog here, and I like him here. I think Rosa is a little bit wild and doesn't know really where he wants to take the fight all the time. Uh, these guys match up quite evenly. Uh, this fight is going to be a featherweight. Rosa typically is at 155, but he's going to move down for this fight. Um, I think this fight kind of just matches well for Minner, and uh, I think Minner is going to going to do well, especially as an underdog. I like his value there. And we got a nice fight in the heavyweight division between Alexi Olenek and Chris Dawkins. You know, Olenek obviously being 59, 14, and one, he has so much experience. Uh, Chris Dawkins is. 10 and 3, obviously very skilled fighter and an up-and-coming prospect in the UFC. Olnick, obviously dangerous anywhere. Sometimes he comes out and looks great on the striking, and we know he has good good ground game. 
I'm gonna, and he is an underdog, but I am gonna go with the. Sh- I almost feel like Olnick is more of a favorite in this fight, but I'm gonna go with Chris Dawkins. I think he's just younger. I think he can keep this fight standing, and I think his striking will be a little bit uh, too good for Olenek, and who knows, maybe he gets a finish. But we'll see. You know, you don't know. Um, Olenek has surprised me in the past, so we'll see. Uh, we have Philip Haas versus uh, Nasadorin Imovov. Uh, I'm going to go with Haas. You know, I think he looks great. I liked how he looked in his last couple fights. Um, I'm going to go with Haas here. I think he gets it done. That fight is in the middleweight division. The next, the last fight on the prelims is in the heavyweight division. We have Andre Arlovsky taking on Tom Espinal. I think Espinal is another prospect coming up. I picked against Orlovsky a lot the past couple fights, and he's proved me wrong, obviously. But I think this is one where Espinal should win. I think he's very fast and explosive. Uh, as long as his cardio holds up, I think he's going to be very, very dangerous. I And I know in his last fight he won, but he wanted to show a little bit more. Um, Espinal also trains with... Uh, Tyson Fury with stand-up. I think Espinal is very dangerous and a top prospect in this heavyweight division. Um, so I'm excited to see him fight again, and I, I'm going to take him to win. We got uh, Jared Gordon taking on Danny Chavez. I like Gordon in this fight. I think he's a dog. I like his camp. Uh, that should be a good featherweight div- divisional fight, um, but I'm going to go with Jared Gordon. And, you know, that's that's the main, main fights uh on the main card and the prelims, you know, the last two fights I just talked about were on the prelims. A couple others, you got Luis Pena taking Drakar Klaus. I'm going to go with Pena. I think he he gets a win. Um, you know, you got Eddie Wineland coming back against John Castaneda. Uh, I'm not so sure about that fight. I don't know too much about Castaneda. For some reason, I just feel like Eddie Wineland fight, uh, loses, but we'll see. Uh, we're going to get Nate Landwer facing julian arosa i'm gonna go with Landwer. i'm excited to see him fight after he had a couple exciting fights in the past um shannon dobson is is coming back after a huge win um being an underdog i i'd imagine she's a favorite in this fight uh after her last performance i'll take her even though she's facing an undefeated five and oh cassie o'neill um so we shall see and that's about it for the prelims. There are some other fights, but I don't know the fighters too, too well. I will be watching them to get to know them a little bit better. That was episode 41. Thank you guys for tuning in. I will catch you later this week, most likely. I think I'm going to talk a little bit about what's going on in Bellator. If I don't get to it this week, I'll be doing it next week with the recap to this fight night. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'll catch you guys soon.